0: welcome to the weekend sober with kim and Ketzia. i'm kim i'm Ketzia. as moms in our early 40s we each struggled with alcohol for the majority of our adult lives we both randomly stopped drinking at around the same time in november of 2020 we didn't know each other back then but we eventually met through the sober instagram community on our podcast we talk about how our lives have healed due to the growth we've experienced in sobriety We share stories of motherhood, marriage, and friendship, and chat all about life without alcohol. We also enjoy talking with a variety of guests about their experiences with getting sober. We're so glad you're here. Welcome. Today on the podcast, we have Vanessa Royal, who is the co-founder of Tilden, the drink company, the non-alcoholic drink company. Katsy and I have a really great conversation with her, and we can't wait for you to listen. I'm like, ooh, this is good. She's talking about her engraved monogram, whatever, Zippo. I'm like, I like it. I like it.
1: Um, you make it sound so fancy oh, crap. I mean really it was just whatever yeah, yeah I like, know we're not engraved like bitch right I don't even know what somebody got me the engraved Zippo but then and it like made me feel really cool when I was smoking but like smoking's really bad for you so it's
0: not cool um but it, for, like 20... it is is it <laughs>
1: This is, smoking was the wave before alcohol. So one day people are going to say that about like alcohol, like maybe our kids' generation, maybe not, but they'll be like, "What? People
0: used to drink one day and think it was okay for you?" <laughs> be like, "Yeah, not that long ago." <laughs> I know that's the hope. I I picture my kids saying like, "People used to order drinks on airplanes," like people yeah. you know, like they look up now and they see. The um, you know, like the smoke, the no smoking thing. And they're like, why would anybody ever smoke on an airplane? And I'm like, you I know,
1: feel like there was smoking on airplanes in the in the 2015 years before I started flying. Like, I don't think it's been, yeah, I think in the 70s, yeah. yeah.
0: Right, everything's changing. I hope so. I really hope so. Um. Yeah. So okay. Anyways. Vanessa, thank you so much for being on here and joining us today. Um, Yeah, we are excited to have you and to hear a little bit about how you started your company. And um, yeah, tell us everything. Um, So you are West Coast right now. Where are you? Are you in San Fran? I forget.
2: I live in Santa Barbara. Okay. Ooh, I used nice. to live in San Francisco, but I've since migrated south. So I'm
1: in Santa uh, Barbara uh, now and it's great. West Coast. I'm a West, West Coast girly, too.
0: Not yeah. American, but yeah. Is it just beautiful weather there right now? Is it just well, gorgeous?
2: Probably <laughs> enough, it rained last night and it's
1: like cloudy, but it's still 70s, you know? So <laughs> Kim and I are looking longingly like, I can't oh, complain. It's supposed to be 80 here tomorrow in pennsylvania (laughs) oh wow so
0: it'll probably be like muggy though it'll probably be like gross
1: it is so (laughs) sticky when it's hot here and i hate it because i get migraines and that yeah me too yeah Anyway, (laughs) we
2: digress (laughs) we digress yeah so i live in southern california um i moved from boston uh about a year ago i was over there for three years for business school, um, and that's really where the idea of Tilden uh, started. I had quit drinking about three months before starting at business school and quickly realized that uh, the business school environment was a a very wet one. It was a lot of of heavy drinking, partying, (laughs) socializing.
0: A wet one. I I like that term. I am so... I remember when you told me this, that you stopped drinking... Right before going to business school, right. and i think in in it and it was Harvard Business School, so it's you know a very competitive environment, and you know you um so can you tell us a little bit first before we get into you being at h b s Can you tell us a little bit about why you decided to stop drinking?
2: Yeah, I stopped drinking in may twenty twenty so three months into covid lockdown um I was having pretty bad panic attacks and anxiety, just being cooped up and not having a ton of social time. Um, And I kind of just needed a reset. So I stopped drinking alcohol, I cut out added sugar, and I tried to wean myself off of coffee just to kind of have a reset, do some yoga, (laughs) breathe, (laughs) um, sleep better. And coffee came back pretty quickly. I love dessert, so those came back. And I kind of (laughs) just used that month that first month to kind of reflect on my relationship with alcohol. And I had known for a while that I was, you know, I had an up and down relationship with alcohol, I was definitely like a binge drinker in college, blacked out a lot, I, you know, kind of did similar things after college as I was in the working world and, you know, living for the weekends and just going really hard every weekend and then having like the two day hangovers when I got back to work. Um, so anyway, I had pre COVID, I kind of struggled with alcohol a bit. But it wasn't until I took that month off during lockdown that I kind of realized, I don't know that I need this. And this seems like a good time when I'm away from social situations to see how long I can go for. Um, You know, uh, I think a lot of us were doing like Zoom happy hours with our coworkers, And it was easy to just fake that I was drinking. So I kind of just used it as an excuse to take a break. And then I made the choice when I Moved to Boston for business full that I was just gonna not drink and see how long I could do it for. And it was pretty hard, but luckily I uh, started working on my brand and then I like really stuck because once you're, I don't know, at least for me, once I was like verbally, like I'm not a drinker, I don't drink anymore. And I'm actively repping a non-alcoholic yes. brand. I kind of felt like, <laughs> okay, there's no going back. Um <laughs> So everything kind of happened in a good sequence for me. But yeah, looking back, I'm just problem drinker. Alcohol definitely does not suit the life I want to live. And
0: um and that's sort of why I quit. It's awesome. That's great. I think um there's so many similarities, obviously, in you know, why so many people need to stop drinking or want to stop drinking. Um, you know, the anxiety piece I think a lot of people can relate to. Um But what I find interesting about your story is, you know, you were going into um, a pretty high stress environment, um, uh, business school. And, you know, you can say to yourself, I want to, you know, focus and buckle down and, um, you know, really work hard because it's business school. In theory, that's what you should be doing. But on the flip side, what is business school? Really, all about you said it's a very wet environment, you know. It, what you know, give us the inside scoop. What is it all about? It's a lot of what networking and
2: socializing. Who do you know? Who are you going to know? How are you presenting yourself? Because, as much as I met amazing, very down to earth, authentic people, there are a lot of people who are very much judging you quickly and assessing whether or not you have value to them, whether that's like social value or um you know professional value yeah hbs is a pretty large program which i found to be pretty great cuz you can certainly find your people and you know there's a lot of different types of people and different backgrounds there which was great um i will say when i started it was still very much zoom school so <laughs> my silver lining out of covid was that i was very much eased into the business school experience so we were forced to have really small group dinners and small events. And so I was not thrust into the like 300 person club night scenarios <laughs> that I think are much more common in a normal year. Um, so I kind of worked my way up toward the like 400, 500 person disco club rent out things. Um,
0: oh my God. So. That's like my worst nightmare.
2: <laughs> I mean, I'm yeah. I'm like years, I was like, I'm in business school. I should do this. But, you know, it's not my thing anymore. So it was it was nice to kind of ease my way into it. And, and you can establish that, like, no, I don't drink, but I still have fun. And
0: right. Kind of do that. That That is really good for you, because uh, that's what it's all about in terms of yeah, getting out, meeting people, making those connections, figuring out. um yeah. How you're going to further your career once business school ends. And, mm-hmm. um, for so many people finding the ability to make those connections right. and get outside their comfort zone, they need the alcohol. They need to be buzzed to, um, yeah, go and go to that club and talk to the people. And yeah, it, it it's such a common theme. Um, and that's why they offer those events at such a venue because it's, it's what people need and and it's unfortunate, but yeah, everybody relies on alcohol.
1: I think if you need alcohol in that moment or for social situations like that, maybe at the time that is, but it's also because you don't, you're not actually portraying like the authentic version of yourself. Right. And I think once you start doing the work in recovery or in sobriety, and you get more comfortable with showing people the real parts of you then you realize that you didn't actually need the alcohol and maybe you still don't i still don't really enjoy situations like that because i just i'm overstimulated like my adhd just like goes crazy with too much stuff around me um and it's interesting because my little baby is the same way i see it in him now and i'm like just put a blanket over his face, it sounds really bad, put a lovey over his face, and put him in a dark room, and he's good, right? But if he's trying to nap on someone, he's crazy. But, you know, I just think, like, we, as long as we keep using alcohol as a crutch for things like that, for hard things in our lives, and to cope with those things, and to get through these things, you're not actually finding any joy in them. And you're not actually being vulnerable. And vulnerability is what allows you to connect to people. And I think that it's just really hard when you're you know, constantly using alcohol as like that. But I picture business school is just like, I worked in recruitment for a long time and it was the same way. Sales driven environments, yeah. like old old boys club kind of thing was just, yeah. ugh.
2: Absolutely. I think I think back like in high school, I was social. I made friends. I didn't need to pregame everything. And then it's <laughs> right. like all of a sudden I was in college and it felt like you got to work your way into these social situations through shots or drinks or whatever. and business school felt much the same where people were like, Oh, I've had a tough day. I need a drink or we're going out. We need to start getting ready at this time. And I had just learned by that point. Well, number one, if I'm miserable enough at an event where I need a ton of alcohol to get through said event, maybe I don't need to waste my time on that event. And then second, you know, if someone's going to judge me for not drinking, they're probably not my kind of person anyway. And I don't know, I'd like to be fully in control of my faculties and how I'm talking and how I'm presenting myself, you know, to potential employers or friends and things like that. And so I kind of used it as a a superpower, I guess, just like a way for me to, you know, learn more about myself through these situations and re-meet, I guess, like a younger version of myself that was much more social and open to new things, so it was not all that. It was a great, great few years. And I met a lot of cool people, but yeah, I mean, a lot of partying, a lot of drinking, and it wasn't always like the easiest to navigate.
0: I love that. I love how you say it felt like your superpower. That's really cool. And I've, I've heard that before. And, um, I never, I always forget to think of it as that, but I really do admire people who use that. Um, well, for so long
2: I thought about it as oh I I can't drink anymore or I don't get to drink mm-hmm. like I'm the one without now and my co-founder who has never drank has really you know shed light on this of um we get to go into situations totally ourselves mm-hmm. and totally in control and you can pull yourself out you don't have alcohol like as that veil you don't have alcohol affecting how you're thinking how you're speaking what you're saying You're not waking up the next day anymore going, Oh God, what did I say? Did I put my foot in my mouth? Like did I embarrass myself
1: like especially in business situations. Like now. (laughs) Like you have a leg up. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. I just think like trying to navigate that stuff. I think about it now and like it it almost makes me like so anxious to think about trying to carry out my job, for example um dealing with people with a hangover or 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 like intoxicated because a lot of those events you go to when i worked in recruitment we would go downstairs in our building like pretty much every day at lunch and after work so you could go at lunch and you end up getting buzzed or drunk at lunch and then going back up to work well you're making all sorts of mistakes or you're like i was less inhibited so i would like have like inappropriate conversations with people I would say things that I would later regret, you know, or I'd forget things altogether. And I just think about it now and I'm like, oh, we have like this one precious life to do the things that light our soul on fire, you know? And like, you're just not doing that when you're like you said, the veil yeah. of alcohol. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm. Um, so- we, were tra- we were talking about that actually, um, a couple of weeks ago, the, the mentality, the mind shift, the mind mindset shifting of, um, instead of thinking about not drinking uh, as you know, I it's now like, I, I get to not drink. Like I'm lucky enough. I get to do other things. Yeah. That like, I don't have to drink anymore. Like it's, it's that shift. And I, I, um, with my sober in the suburbs group, we were doing like a mindset with actually with Catherine, Mm. um, Uh, a workshop on Wednesday. And it was, we were talking about that actually. And, and then I actually spoke to a, last night I spoke um, at a, um, a sober house for women and, and yeah, it was, that was incredibly rewarding. And, but you know, they asked like, when does that shift happen? Like, when do do you experience that change, um, of feeling kind of like sorry. Like when do you stop feeling not really sorry for yourself? I forget exactly how the woman phrased the question, but yeah. When does it stop feeling so hard? And when do you start feeling that, you know, I, what I perceive to be exactly what we were just saying, like that feeling grateful that we don't have to drink anymore. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I honestly, I don't know when it changed for me. I don't know that when that shift actually, happened can you guys pinpoint it in your on your journey in, in like I honestly I can't remember and I, I think it was probably pretty gradual you know um and a lot of like back and forth of feeling sorry for myself and feeling you know pissed at the world that this was my thing you know as Laura McCowan says like accepting yeah. like this is your thing but um I just felt
1: like alcohol was like this ball and chain, this huge burden that I was carrying around. I had to organize my life around liquor stores and seeing people running into people. And it was just, it's exhausting. Like people call it the mental gymnastics and it really is. Whereas like the freedom that you have in just like actually getting dressed up nice and not like, Pre gaming to the point where you're so wasted. Like, I remember, and I'd keep like redoing my makeup so much, just like so many times. My face would be like, my cheeks were like, oh, I just look at these pictures. And I'm like, what the hell? I know we <laughs> go through an awkward phase, but that was just like so bad. So that's what I remember about that. I like, and just at first, you feel like this like little tiny bird that's just been born and it's like, you know, naked and out in the world. And you're like, oh, I can't do this, trembling. And then you just, you take a deep breath and you do these things and you realize that people aren't scrutinizing you as closely as you think they are. Everyone has their insecurities. And that realization is kind of like, and when you have that first connection to someone or to, to an, you know, event or experience, that feels really amazing. It kind of pushes you to the next one. I don't know. What about you, Vanessa?
2: Yeah, I think so. I've been sober a little over three years and I think, I didn't really have that mindset shift till I left till I graduated and then probably moved back to California. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
2: I do think people here are more open to mm-hmm. like more on the wellness, like really? wellness journey. That surprises me in some aspects. Um, even if they drink, it's like mindful drinking. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I think I, it just feels like there are fewer people <laughs> here who are quite question me regularly. Um, But I also think just getting out of the business school environment, Mm -hmm. Um, even though I was confident in my choice, it constantly felt like I was outside or not getting invited to things or having to go to events. That's quite frankly, had it not been business school, I probably wouldn't have gone to, but just, you know, feeling like I needed to make the most of my experience and you got to go out to the club because you're, this is your two years and you're going to do it. And yeah, that's the thing. Um, I also got engaged during business school and was wedding planning. And I think like the whole wedding experience often revolves around alcohol and yeah. celebration. And so that was kind of, I definitely felt like um, I had that like victim mentality, like, Oh, I, I don't get champagne. Like for me at the dress fitting, like,
1: I was definitely sober were you when you were doing that and when you got married like where were you in your sobriety um
2: we got engaged in November so I was like six months over and then we got married a year and a half after that right after business school so um I mean I didn't drink at my wedding and we served an early version of Tilden at the wedding and in lieu of a champagne toast and we had non-alcoholic beer and like I was very happy. I with
1: think I remember it. seeing some of that on social media. Actually, Now that you say that.
2: Yeah. yeah we posted yeah. Um, my co-founders there and we, we made um, one of our early prototypes for the, for the event. And it was really fun. Cause I got to like share it with all my friends and family. And. Oh, I love that. That's very cool. So that was it's really cool. Fun. That um, is, yeah. Even now though, I don't, feel the victim or not, it's not a victim mentality I don't feel like I'm missing out as much anymore but I have realized that without drinking I don't have a ton of hobbies because I realize <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my hobby was going out every weekend and now that I don't go out every weekend I'm like okay are we just gonna work or are we gonna like do other things I haven't figured out what to fill all my amazing time with now that I'm not hungover on weekends, I feel like I end up just doing what I used to do, just without a hangover, which is usually like going to a cafe, watching sports, like just not, like no. You could be going for a hike in the morning, so you're not hungover. You could be, I don't know. I still need to figure out how to fill my my
1: empty moments, I guess. With them, um, was that like was that because you associated like was drinking exciting for you? Was it that whole like? process of like pre-gaming getting ready going out meeting up with like was it exciting to you like it gave a bit of excitement to your life and it's like now you know what do we, yeah. what do, we do that's kind of how I picture it. it I felt
2: like I remember like Thursday Friday nights pre-sobriety pre-covid pre-sobriety like texting all my friends hey what are we doing and mm. then it's like we're getting ready and I was also you know, single at the time. So it's like, who are we going to meet? And it's just a statement. And then I remember when I met my now husband, Friday nights no longer needed to be that, like, who are we going to meet? It was like, I can stay in. I feel comfortable, whatever. But it almost felt like if I wasn't doing stuff out and about in social environments, which 90% of the time involved alcohol, it was like, come Monday, like, oh, I didn't do anything this weekend. And honestly, now... I don't do anything all weekend I'll do stuff but and it's fine it's like no I recharged I read a great book I went and got coffee with a friend like those things are I also think it just comes with age like
0: yeah where you
2: are in your life it's not necessarily alcohol but I was like the work hard play hard and so weekends were very much my time to let loose and if I didn't let loose it was like
1: But the letting loose, you ended up feeling more depleted. Like I never caught up. I was constantly behind the eight ball with like feeling like shit all the time. It's just like, I think weekends should be for relaxing if you don't work on the weekends. So maybe what you're doing now is what you should have been doing the whole time. It's just, we we get it backwards and we think we need to be out and impressing people. And like you said, being single is a part of it too. I think I remember that. Yeah. I don't miss that one bit. (laughs) It's terrifying. Imagine <laughs> dating sober. Oh, I can't. I can't imagine the lie, the liars and the cheats out there. No <laughs> I feel like
2: the Taylor Swift
1: song. Liar. Um, yeah. Can we can we backtrack? Um, can you tell people how the idea for Tilden, like, yes, and how you you and your um, co-founder, like, what you guys how you came together on this. I'm just curious about this.
2: Yeah, for sure. We, so we actually did not know each other until we started talking about the, what became told in, um, HBS is a pretty large program. And because we were so siloed Mm -hmm. via COVID, um, uh, we didn't know each other. So I, one night, I think it was, there had been an outbreak. And so we were back, in Zoom school, sitting in our respective apartments, and my husband made himself a cocktail and then made me a non alcoholic Moscow mule. And I was frustrated that, or I, not frustrated, but I lamented to him that, oh, I wish this came, like, ready to go. I don't want to make something. I wish I had this and I could bring it to networking events instead of, you know, grabbing my Diet Coke on the way to events, <laughs> like... This would be so nice. And then people would stop asking me why I'm not drinking. Um, so I signed up for this program called Startup Boot Camp. That was just like a two-week you know, class. And you can work on a, a startup idea. And I thought this could be really fun. It's completely different from what I did before, which was I worked in tech. So like wide pivot over to beverage. It could be really fun to just see what this industry is like, meet new people. Um, I pitched the early idea on a Zoom and told everyone in the Slack, hey, I have this, like, funky beverage idea. If anyone's interested in helping me for two weeks, join my little pitch session. And Mariah happened to join. Um, so she is a lifelong drinker. She's, um, she's Mormon, so she's never drank. And she spent a lot of time making her own concoctions. And she's very much the, like you know, I close out the bar, I dance on tables, sober, I have so much fun. I'm a master host. Like she's just found joy in a life that has never involved alcohol, which was really cool to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we also worked with two other team members, um, Nicole and Carlton, who were instrumental in those early days. Um, But yeah, so we started working on it. We did our boot camp. And then at the end of it, me, Mariah and Nicole really started working on the idea in between classes and hosting dinner parties and just kind of like getting it off the ground. Uh, Like I said, we were full-time business school students. So it was like in between class, squeezing lemons and limes and then going and selling prototypes to people and getting feedback. And um, it took a little while, but I think by the time we graduated, Mariah and I were very much uh, committed to making this a full-time uh, role for both of us. And we graduated about a year ago and just launched this past February. So we've uh, come a long way, but we're we're really excited about it.
1: Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Oh, I, I just admire like the courage to do that. I mean, that obviously speaks to qualities that are innate within you because you're in Harvard Business School to begin with. But I just think that's so cool that you just like Put it out there, it's scary too, to make the leap like I started my business in twenty twenty one but like really haven't focused on growing it or anything in this in this yeah. time because I launched it like six months into my sobriety, and I was like, What the hell am I doing? Yes. But I had to because I had to find a purpose outside of drinking, yeah, and for me that was that was in writing and in connecting with women and stuff like that, so yeah. it when you find something fulfilling. It sounds like you found something that kind of built that.
2: Yeah, we both are very personally passionate about the company, obviously, because, you know, we initially built these products for us. Um, But I think we also both were intrigued by entrepreneurship Mm. and shared this idea that obviously being an entrepreneur comes with, you know, a lot of privilege, like you have to have, you know, you have to like. Acknowledge the fact that yes. you can't take chances and, like, you're going to be okay. And, like, both myself and Mariah have husbands who are very supportive. And, like, yes. I don't I don't know if I would do this, honestly, if, if I didn't have him because it would be really hard to <laughs> do those early um, days. But yeah. I also felt like if I'm at Harvard Business School and I can't take this chance, like, what is Harvard Business School for, right? It should right. be an insurance policy that I can build upon. Right. And if it doesn't work, I can fall back on it. And I just kind of felt like I have everything in the world going right for me right now. I I need to take a chance on this. And if it fails, it fails. And I'll figure out something else. But um, I didn't want to just be too scared to pursue it because it is really, really hard day to day. But it's also really, really fun and rewarding. Mm. Good for yeah. you.
1: It's awesome. Yeah. Thanks. I think that's really cool. Um, oh, I was going to ask something. Kim, did you have any qu- other questions about, like, kind of the evolution of the business? Because my question didn't have to do with that.
0: Yeah. How how do you feel like it's been for you in terms of just other um, competition in the market with... Mm, um Yeah. yeah the- well-
2: There definitely are more companies now than there were when we started, which is awesome to see as a consumer. Uh, We get asked all the time, like this question from investors, retailers, people, um, how do you differentiate? How do you stand out? It's getting so crowded. And I guess my answer is like, we see Mezcal and tequila companies getting launched like every single week Mm -hmm. and they're not slowing down. And consumers want to try new things.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: So much more room for more non-alcohol companies to come out. Like Mm -hmm. I I really think, and like our customers say, you know, we have created a really interesting differentiated product. It's low sugar. It's non-adaptogenic. It doesn't have preservatives. It's, you know, the only large form ready to serve cocktail. That's non-alcoholic that currently exists. So we have a lot of things that differentiate us, but even if, a direct analog to us came out tomorrow. It, it doesn't mean we're we're toast. It just means there's a another option. And again, how cool that if you go to a bar or restaurant, they have more than one non alcoholic option on the menu, right? Like so, so
0: true, so true.
2: Nearly half of Americans don't drink, and I think that's only going to increase. So mm. the non alcoholic menu is going to need to grow, and there's going to be more companies there to help them with that. So we kind of view it as like you know rising tide lifts all ships like the more of us there are the bigger the industry the more money that's going to come in um the fewer annoying questions we'll get around like oh this doesn't have alcohol are you gonna make a Um, business uh, like so i think all of it like the more the better is
0: honestly yeah that's a, that's a really good really good mentality the rising whatever you said water with the chip. i love that it's a great great mentality it's awesome yeah.
2: if there's another hard seltzer if there's you know i went to the store the other day to check out the retail shelves and like 30 hard seltzer brands oh, no.
1: oh, and they're
2: all the same and obviously like interesting flavors and i remember as a you know when i used to drink those like i'd try different things but if those yeah. can all exist and do well why can't 30 non-alcoholic brands like
0: well, I'm what so you just tired of retailers being like,
2: oh, we can only have two. Ugh. And you're like, okay, well, I'll be back in a year when you yeah. need to really build out this shelf and then you won't have as much leverage, but sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's what you just said is that you, when you were a consumer of alcoholic beverages, you like to try a variety of different things. Like, I remember we we all quit in 2020, and I think that was like maybe. The, the year after or the year that white claw came out and it was like this huge white claw phase and that was like one of the big drinks for like the mummy wine culture that was like coming up then and it's like but but there was so many that was when the pink locale wines were coming out and like this i used to drink skinny skinny pinot or skinny girl something and yeah and so like there is so many on the market and you said earlier like adaptogens there's so many that have that you know like there's room for everybody I think oh, I just I don't think it's saturated. How many yet. wines
2: there are. Right. And I think especially what we're doing is a good comparison to wine because wine it's like sure you'll have your favorites but you know you're pairing it with your meal. you there's different vintages, there's different um factors that go into why you buy one bottle or, over another, and I think that's probably the way non is going, you know, toward these well-crafted drinks that pair with different meats or fishes, or, you know, we have one drink that is, like, more of a white wine kind of pairing, and mm. we're red, and so having two options in a store, like, just doesn't cut it, <laughs> so more is more, and more is better.
1: Yeah, yeah. Great. Mm. I'm starting to see, like, the fun side of non-alcoholic beverages now, like, going into, like, we'll have three years in November, and, oh gosh, in, like, less than two months, less than almost just over a month, really, Um, and only just now, I'm kind of like, okay, I can introduce that, and people are so different, because some people find they need that right away in early sobriety, they need to replace their Five o'clock glass right. of wine with a five o'clock non-alcoholic glass of wine or something. Right. And for me, I just never thought about it. But there are all sorts of people. It takes all sorts. So I'm yeah. sure that there's like and and I'm sure like. Can you just talk a bit about your target market and demographic and like who you who you've actually ended up like attracting? Like, is it really in alignment with what you had envisioned?
2: Yeah, our target um, is a group we call like the social self-optimizers. <laughs> okay. So the yeah. so work hard, play hard, like, yeah, yeah I want to go out with my friends, do a nice meal. But I also want to go run a half marathon tomorrow, or I want to <laughs> go wake up for my early yoga class, or I want to, you know, be present for my kids and like, go be, you know, be mom of the year, whatever it is, but Mm -hmm. have my great board meeting. Um, But and so those are definitely, you know, key consumers of ours and our product is definitely resonating. But I think we've also found a lot of other demographics are really resonating for different reasons Um, Mm -hmm. here in Santa Barbara. um, Sometimes they call our demographic uh, near uh, newlyweds and nearly deads. And I so, heard like, that expression. <laughs> it, Cause it's a you know, it's a beautiful place, but it's quite expensive to live here. And so it's uh-huh. like the newlyweds and then you're like the retirees who've, yeah. you know, made their fortunes elsewhere and then come uh-huh. here to retire. Uh-huh. And so I actually a lot of my customers here are older people who are members at golf clubs and country clubs. Um mm. to nice dinners and they're like, I can't drink anymore like I used to. I I can't have something, you know, the adaptogenic stuff does not resonate because they're like, I take five medications. I can't mix it with whatever's in that, you know, yeah. ashwagandha, reishi awesome. mushroom, whatever. Yeah. Um, and they love the packaging. And it's just, you know, we have a very like sophisticated brand. And yeah. so I think it's actually uh, definitely resonating with an older demographic. Um, and then just Gen Z, like Gen Z just doesn't mm. drink in the same way that millennials did or do. Um, yeah. I think like 42% of drinking age Gen Z has never had alcohol. So that was like very much not my college experience. Like no. I drank all through college, but I'm meeting a ton of people um, who are Gen Z and they're just like, I mean, I'll do other stuff, but alcohol is just not interesting to me. And so they're looking at our drinks like, this is great because your drinks don't copy existing alcohol. Like it's not trying to be a Moscow mule or a, a gin or whatever it is. Um, but it's just something great and crafted for me and very standalone. Um, yeah. so still, still targeting the self optimizers, but I think there's emerged a number of groups
1: that are really, really enjoying what we're doing. I definitely think what you guys offer is unique in my limited, but like I come across <laughs> a lot on Instagram. Like I see a lot. I don't, buy a lot of any of that stuff but i think you guys have something like you said a little elevated in terms of like i don't know i picture it kind of like a old black and white movie like that kind of sort of with the, i don't
2: know you're speaking to me the brand much, the line. <laughs> Oh <no>. a <Okay>. lot <laughs>
0: uh, i like that um oh. That's yeah, cool. you're,
2: you were talking about rituals earlier, I think. We wanted to create something that fit into different environments, but very much felt special and made for the non-drinker first mm-hmm. rather than being an alcoholic drink or a non-alcoholic without alcohol. Yeah. Um and so we we really fixate on celebrations and shareable moments. And you mm-hmm. know, the reason we launched with our big bottles first is we want you to bring this in lieu of a bottle of wine to a housewarming or a baby shower or uh, an engagement party and share it with everybody. Because even if you drink, you can still enjoy a great non-alcoholic beverage. And we wanted to create something that really was for everybody.
1: I should have done that for my baby shower. I didn't even, well, I just had like pregnancy brain. I didn't even think of anything. I had some non-alcoholic stuff there and it was like hit and miss with some, some people, I think as to like, some people didn't. I, I remember my sister in law, we were going, I wanted to do a toast with non alcoholic, like champagne of some sort. Yeah. And uh, just before the toast, I said something like, like, I'm serving, people are ser- getting served. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's really good. Like, you guys won't even know the difference. She last. She's like, I'll know the difference. Sure. I was like, okay, then. I guess I can't please you. Like, but it's my baby shower. Cause, you know, I said no to having alcohol at it. Cause yeah. they, they asked if, they could bring alcohol bring their own alcohol. And I was like, I don't really think so. Yeah. Especially to a baby shower. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. 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 Times have yeah, changed. It, it
2: is crazy how I'm sure you guys recognize this in early sobriety, but you just very quickly realize how widespread alcohol is just yeah everywhere. And it makes sense. I mean, I used to, you know, I was going to a football game in the morning, like we'd pregame in the morning, you know, you're drinking at whatever horrible time you're drinking at. But mm-hmm. on the other side of it, you know, I go do tastings at a lot of retailers and I have people, Oh, it doesn't have alcohol. Now nah, I'm good. I'm like, ma'am, it's 9am. Like, <laughs> why, are, why are you, I don't say anything, but I'm thinking, yes, ma'am, it's 930 and you have like your four
1: kids with you. Why are we, why are we in that mindset? Wow. Um, Wow. Well, that happens a lot and people just i used to do the liquor samplings too and you would have people come back around a few times oh i'm just grabbing one for my friend he's he's over there and i'm like man this is what i sounded like but back then i was drinking but i think about it now and i'm like yeah 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 it's...
2: so i try to be graceful with people because i was very much that person you know six
1: any excuse
2: to but it's just um it's just wild when you take a step back and realize like alcohol is literally a part of every yeah. celebration, meal, event in our society.
1: Um is there anything you can share that's like something exciting that you guys are working on or like a little tidbit that you can sort of give people a little teaser? Uh. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I'm
2: excited. So, I wanna know. So today we actually just dropped we did an exclusive drop of our new flasks. So we originally launched with our big seven fifty ML bottles, which are on our website, but today we have our little I don't know if this is video, but uh our little two hundred ml flasks, which are fun. That's the size I had. Yeah. So you got really special like pre pre flasks that I think I hand
1: labeled myself. Oh. So- it came with a, hand- a, a handwritten note for sure yeah, yeah. So you're a vip vip uh, yeah.
0: oh you are special it, katia so wow those
1: were so cute i thought those were so cute because in canada we have like names for like the different sizes like there's a mickey and whatever oh, yeah. and you guys have names too but that that's what that was and i was like oh it's yeah. so fancy yeah so we just did a little exclusive drop today and then in a- I think in about a month, we'll have them available for
2: everyone on our website. But we're also working on our third flavor, Mm. um, which is the one I served at my wedding. So it's been a long time coming. But it'll be, we have one drink called Lace Wing. That's cucumber, basil, lychee. It's very like fresh, herbaceous. We have our tandem, which is uh, orange, tart, cherry, and smoked lapsang. So it's a bit smoky, really good warmed up. And then this third one will be more in like the red fruit tart category. And I'm very excited because it was our best seller in pre 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 launch <laughs> times. And we kind of held off because we wanted to start with two and introduce it later. But that'll be coming out in a few months. And we're we're very excited to have a, a trio of drinks for people to check out now.
0: Awesome. Yeah. It's yeah. great. That's- we'll we'll link all this in the uh in the show notes and yeah, any other little things you want to share before we sign off? Vanessa? Um
2: Yeah, I think a big thing is just, you know, we're heading into the holiday season, so we're going to be doing a Black Friday, Cyber Monday promotion.
0: Mm. Yeah,
2: you know, we've only been in business really since February, so this is like our first first time I'll be able to serve Tilden at Thanksgiving and Christmas, oh. which is really exciting. So, we definitely want people to check us out ahead of any shareable celebratory events dinners um holiday parties corporate events i really really want corporations to mm. start
1: offering
2: better non-alc options and i think yeah from a liability st- uh, standpoint they should oh. definitely be order uh offering yeah. good non-alc options um but uh yeah as we head into the holidays i think i'd love for people to to check us out and
1: and try try our cocktails Definitely change the narrative behind like drunken antics at your staff Christmas party. Like, oh my God, how many cringeworthy moments or like really terrible moments happened then? A lot. Yeah. Exactly. Right. I know I did. So. Yeah. But I, if- don't <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember a so- lot of them.
2: <laughs> oh, same. I think we're all in the same boat here. I think one thing that is quite <laughs> interesting is uh, we found that a lot of our customers aren't sober. There are people who drink, yeah, uh, but they love having our drinks in between drinks because our format is you can pour it in a glass and Mm -hmm. no one knows if you're drinking or not. Right. And so it actually is a great way for people who are just trying to slow down or pace themselves or Hmm. maybe have a night off from drinking without necessarily announcing you're having a night off from drinking. Right. Um, So I would encourage people if you're just trying to cut back to
0: to you know
2: swap in a non-alc no one will know <laughs>
0: yeah it's awesome oh. totally so cool well thank you Vanessa, so much for- thank you guys this yes. is really- yeah what it's a great, great way to end the week oh. yeah totally so great well um yeah thanks for thanks for joining us and uh, have a great weekend sober guys